Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM source weather. Mainly sunny today with a high of 18. A few clouds tonight with a low plus one. A mix of sun and cloud tomorrow with wind gusts of up to 60 expected near noon and a high of 20 degrees. Cloudy on Friday with a high of 10. Saturday sunshine with a high of 8. Around the province in Saskatoon, it's plus five. Prince Albert at six degrees. The Balfords at plus three. Yorkton at 11. Weyburn at 15. Estevan at 16. And Swift Current sits at 14. The provincial hotspot is Maple Creek this hour at 17 degrees. The cold spot, Uranium City at minus. 11. Right now in Moose Jaw, it's mainly sunny. Wind west at 35, it's 15. In Regina, mostly cloudy. Wind west-northwest gusting 37, it's 13 degrees. For information anytime, check the CKRM app or online at 620CKRM.com. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. Today we talk with Alan Johnson of Johnson's Grain Marketing at Wellwyn to get this month's update on price movement of most grains. He says prices are relatively good right now and movement is booming. We have a feature on the hunt for farm workers. Real Agriculture talks with Senator Rob Black and his reaction to the lack of initiatives in agriculture issues. FCC hosted a webinar yesterday on farm mental health amid the COVID-19 pandemic, and we have a two-part feature. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Grain prices are above expectations of some farmers, according to a grain broker in Saskatchewan. Alan Johnston of Johnson's Grain Marketing says grain movement is booming across this province. Well, layered lentils, for instance, we've got 38 delivered for a good two or better. We've got 37 picked up. I was working on some this morning in western Saskatchewan. I bought some red lentils uh, two days ago at 30 cents fob, but uh, that order got cancelled, or not or ended, I guess, very quickly. I got a lot of people wanting 30 cents picked up a pound, and we're not getting it yet, but I think it's, I think it's down the pipe. I don't know if you want to call canary seed pulses, but it's 31, I think we could still get for, you know, D-Stan or something further out. Yellow peas, we're getting 8.50, to delivered to some places, uh, $8 picked up, depending subject to freight. Green peas, we have $10 delivered, uh, $9.50 picked up. A lot of people are hanging on for $10 fob. We don't have it yet, but it's maybe down the pipe as well. Flax, or we get off into the oil seeds. Flax is very strong. I've got 18 maybe even $18.50 if somebody can wait out, if someone can wait out till you know, Feb, March, April movement. We can do $18.50 off the farm, subject to freight areas. Where we want to go there, barley has slipped uh, Probably in the last week or so, a little bit, probably down 25, 30 cents a bushel from where it was a week or so ago. Uh, feed wheat is, you know, six, six and a quarter picked up, subject to freighting areas again. 
How's the oats look right now? Oats are quite strong, but more from Regina going east. I've got a buyer in Manitoba thing. I bought quite a few oats at 370, 375, picked up for Turbetter. So I've got a strong market on that and only one. So if you've got oats and you want to get them moved, give us a call because that, that, that I think is a good good market. And we've bought quite a few thousand tons of it. How about Durham? How's it looking? And, and even spring wheat? Well, spring wheat, we just don't have any strong buyers of it yet. It's still hovering in that $7 range, a little bit over, a little bit under, depends on the freight areas. But Durham, we've get, had some bids of $8, $8.30, subject to freight areas again. Uh, not trading too much, but yet guys are kind of bullish on both fronts. Uh, so the, you know, the wheat in Durham is kind of quiet through our business here. But uh, other than that, our, our grains movement has been phenomenal here for the last month. It was just crazy all through October. How about canola? How does it look? Well, canola, we don't have a whole lot of angles on canola yet. We're working on that all the time. But, you know, it's it's over $11 picked up. Again, subject to freight and where it's sitting. We've got some buyers of canola, especially in that Regina area. We don't deal with any of the crushers, so uh, the crushers are pretty strong in their particular freight areas. So, And then, uh, yeah, we do deal with one crusher or two out of Velvet down at Minot. But at this time of year, they're getting their canola locals, so their bids up here are not as strong as they might be later on in the winter. So it just the canola market is, you know, it's it's out there. It's quite strong, and but guys are seem to ha- hang on to it a little bit. So. Give me your overview on the whole grain market this winter. What are your thoughts? I think it's going to be busy right through the winter. We have a phenomenal amount of volume. We have an incredible uh, new bids. You know, bids here are just stuff changing every day. Very much in the farm favor. Uh, they can move grain, get good bids on it, get fairly decent movement. The further you wait, you're going to get pushed out into Feb, March, and then you're going to be in roadbounds before you know it. But lots of guys are moving grain. Uh, we've moved thousands and thousands of tons in the month of October. And it's fun dealing with these farmers because they're getting kind of what they want or maybe more than they expected, especially on things like flax and lentils and teas. So it's fun for us in this business because we can give guys, you know, sometimes more than they even ask for. And that is an exceptional fun thing to do. Alan Johnson operates Johnson's Grain Marketing at Wellwyn. It's a sad day for the small community of Torquay, about 190 kilometers southeast of Regina, near the U.S. border. A post on the Vanishing Sentinels face page by Facebook page by Norma and Glenn Patton says one of the Torquay grain elevators burned down at 1.30 this morning and the fire spread to some nearby fields, but it did not reach into any of the houses. As the Pattons write, grain elevators are an important part of Prairie Farm Towns, holds grain and a historical landmark. They write the smaller elevator was lost in the blaze. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit SelfordGroup.com. As agriculture moves further into the digital age, it will be important to tap into talents of those who may have never been to a farm. The future of the workforce in Canadian agriculture was the focus of a panel discussion during an online event organized by Syngenta. Trevor Heck is the president of Syngenta Canada. The sky's the limit there, really. And it's up to us as an industry and and organizations to go in and tap into some of that non-agricultural talent. Some of our experience that we've had is that when you go find that talent and you bring them into agriculture, they typically don't leave. They typically stay in the industry for life. At least that's what we've seen. Right now, a substantial number of people in the agricultural sector have some type of farming experience. If we're all chasing talent that's either 
from a family farm and went to an ag school, we're going to be fishing in the same pool for the same types of candidates. And there's opportunities to pull in some of those talents from other talent pools. They just don't don't want just to, to work in an industry. They want to work in an industry that they feel proud of and an organization that they feel is doing good things. Mark Vandenbosch teaches at the Ivy Business School. He says in the future, a straight agriculture education may not be enough. You know, if you think and go through the, uh, the agricultural colleges we have in Canada, the agricultural universities, we have outstanding ag science approaches. But we don't have, for example, um, you know, how to apply 5G on the farm, how, how to think about big data, how, how do we think about AI. And if we do, they are just sort of uh, window dressing on the side of a program, a class on this, a course on that. Whereas the real advances are coming with people who have degrees and have spent significant amount of time in those areas. Somehow we're going to need to get that type of education onto our farms to be able to make them and achieve the productivity gains hoped for. Vanden Bosch says there are many parts of the food chain that can be improved and made more efficient. As we move forward, yes, we should worry about science and you know, biology and, and plant science and the like. But actually, I think our greatest innovations are going to have nothing to do with actually the scientific production of the food. It's going to be improvements in supply chain. It's going to be ability to reduce wastage in cities and in, in grocery stores. It's going to be our ability to fine-tune precision agriculture, which has less to do with the biology and more to do with the information. That's a great story to say that we will be improving agriculture through techniques that actually help the environment reduce wastage, be more focused, because we all know how to make a better plant. But how do we know how to make a better plant more sustainable and the fruits of that plant uh, sustainable throughout the entire food system? I think that's really where the story of agriculture gets much better. And when you talk about the future workforce for agriculture, there is the fact the average farmer is 55 years old. Vanden Bosch says their acquired knowledge is useful for the next generation of producers. And I think some of the key things that more experienced farmers have is their ability to evaluate risk, their ability to recognize patterns of, you know, I've seen, you know, lousy weather like this five years in a row. They just have this ability to manage a whole bunch of complexity at once without sort of getting over excited about it. And I think that's sort of a skill and a mentorship opportunity that, that a lot of experienced farmers can, can bring to these new people because the reality is, is that farming is complex. It's probably not getting less complex, uh, but it really is, you know, making decisions under uncertainty, balancing risks, but also taking uh, aggressive stances when, when you need to. So I think those are the kinds of decision-making skills that I think we need to make sure we hang on to our experienced and, and strong farmers for, for a long time. Mark Vandenbosch is a professor at the Ivy Business School. He was part of a panel discussion on the future of the workforce in Canadian agriculture. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147, and I'm joined right now by Senator Rob Black. Senator Black, how are you doing today? I'm great, Sean. Thanks very much. 
Hey, thanks a lot for joining us here today. I saw your speech yesterday. I would say being critical of the throne speech, a bit of an omission in the throne speech, lack of agriculture really having any sort of a place in it. What were really some of your your main points in terms of what was left out? So uh, the government frequently speaks about its commitment to agriculture, yet in the last two throne speeches, it never seems to make the cut on their priority list. So uh, um, certainly the role of agriculture and agri-food industries have played uh, through COVID has certainly shown that, uh, that uh, agriculture has a place in, the, uh, in getting us out of, uh, the, moving us forward at the other end of the pandemic. And so I was very disappointed to hear, uh, or not hear actually, uh, that the governor general didn't mention agriculture at all in her speech. And so that's, uh, we need a concrete commitment to agriculture from this government. Now you were disappointed, but were you surprised? Like, was there expectations that agriculture would find a place in the speech? Well, I had hoped there would be, I know, uh, stakeholders across the country have been pointing out to the government there, uh, uh, how agriculture can be a driving force for the Canada's economic recovery uh, since March, mid-March, when the pandemic hit. So, you know, I really was hoping for something. I, I know a topic that you're very passionate about is rural broadband. It, it came up in your address yesterday. Is there actually, in your mind, a government solution to address this issue? I'm not sure there's a government-only solution, but there's definitely an opportunity for government to invest in private-public partnerships to bring about adequate uh, access to high-speed broadband internet across rural, remote, and northern uh, Canada. Uh, you know, this pandemic has just shown us that that uh, we need it. We all need it. In this day and age, it's absolutely unacceptable that so many rural and remote and northern regions aren't connected it causes causes problems when uh, when farmers want to use uh, smart technology it causes issues with uh, the our indigenous communities it's meaning that uh, youth rural youth are leaving rural communities so that they can uh, access access uh, schooling and things like that so you know i live four miles north of a community that has high-speed access high-speed internet and uh, and I, I don't have it, and yet uh, and yet we uh, at least I don't have it through a um, through a, an adequate source. So uh, I think time is now, and you know government can't do it alone. It has to be they have to support private public partnerships. You, you mentioned yesterday the agriculture industry struggles with the carbon tax. We are still waiting for details on what the current federal government's climate action plan will be where that supposedly it's going to be out before the end of the year. The industry's having a hard time reconciling some of the things it needs to do to put, you know, products on grocery store shelves and do the business it needs to do, but also meet some of the things the government is talking about. You, are you hearing from farmers across the country uh, about the carbon tax and possibly what some of the future intentions are of the government when it comes to climate? I'm hearing a lot about the issue from uh, stakeholders across the country. Um, and as you pointed out in, in the preamble, we are still waiting for that uh, action plan. I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, 
the the plan is is going to fail farmers, but I think I think currently it's neglecting to adequ- adequately support them in the transition. You know, uh, the agriculture industry understands and supports the call to action to fight climate change. But having said that, to achieve their goals, our goals of greenhouse gas reduction, government and industry must absolutely work collaboratively. They must work together. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, mainly sunny sky, wind west 30 gusting to 50, and a high 18. Wind becoming south 20 before morning, the low plus 1. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind south 20 becoming west 40 gusting to 60 near noon on Thursday, the high 20 degrees tomorrow, the low plus 4. Friday, cloudy and cooler, the high 10, the low 0. Saturday, now it's expected to be pretty nice day. Sunny with a high of 8, the low minus 2. Sunday, though, rain or snow and windy. High plus 2, the low minus 10. Monday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries. The high minus 7, the low minus 12. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 3. Normal high for this day, plus 2. The normal low, minus 9. The sun rose at 7.55 this morning. It sets at 5.29 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is at Cornac, south of Moose Jaw, near the U.S. border, kind of south of Regina, too, 18 degrees. The cold spot way north, Uranium City, at minus 11. Estevan is 17, Saskatoon, 8, Swift Current, 14, Weyburn, 16, Yorkton is 14. Partly cloudy in Regina, 15 degrees. That's 59 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 29. Humidity 42%. The barometer dropping 100.9. Sunny and Moose Jaw 16 degrees. Winds are from the west northwest 28 gusting to 39. Once again, Regina partly cloudy and 15. That's 59 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Today. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Fighting burnout and compassion fatigue was the topic of a 60-minute web yesterday with a child psychologist from Olds, Alberta. Farm Credit Canada hosted a webinar on mental health yesterday. Dr. Jody Carrington was raised on a family farm near Viking, Alberta, and is married to a farmer and raising their three children. It's been a difficult year, adjusting to the realities of COVID-19, the disruption of social events, the economy, and interpersonal relationships. I am concerned about this virus in so many ways, but mostly it's not about the physical aspects of it that concern me. It's the emotional fallout. It is the emotional dysregulation and the magnitude of disconnect that is happening on this planet. Dr. Carrington says emotional dysregulation is caused by fear, uncertainty, and the thought that there's no end in sight for having these feelings. All of these can lead to emotional burnout. 
burnout has three components emotional exhaustion this thing called depersonalization he called it depersonalization but to me it really means this like losing empathy and connection uh compassion you feel this so like sort of you serve people maybe you're doing your job but you could really you don't really give a shit okay so it's this sort of disconnection piece the other thing is the decreased sense of accomplishment what you're doing every day feels futile am i really making a difference in this world nobody seems to acknowledge me recognize me Dr. Carrington uses the hockey term chippiness to describe some interpersonal reactions to everything from wearing masks to politics. Chippiness is contagious and we're in the middle of chippiness. Right now as you're watching this, we're smack in the middle of the U.S. election. The emotion right now in so many places means people are chippy. Their capacity to stay regulated is being extended significantly and our capacity to then give it back to each other, to look at each other, remind each other that we are just here walking each other home, to wave at the neighbor. It's this idea that we are so shut down, emotionally dysregulated, that we have very, very little capacity to give it away. She describes what emotional deregulation is. Never in the history of telling somebody how to calm down does calm down work. In the middle of a global pandemic, what we are facing more than anything right now is this sense of emotional dysregulation. Remember the primary components of emotional dysregulation? Fear, uncertainty, and no end in sight. That's kind of what a global pandemic has done to this country, to this globe. A lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, and no end in sight. So I don't know if you notice this, but there is a lot of emotional dysregulation in the people we serve and the people we love and the people we lead, maybe even the people we're married with. The best advice, she says, is to lead by example. You can't tell people how to smarten up. You can't tell them how to regulate emotion. you got to show them. And so who's ever listening to this today, the deal is you become the answer. You become the answer in not necessarily fixing what anybody else is going through, but dropping those shoulders and showing them. Dr. Jody Carrington is a psychologist based in Olds, Alberta. After the break, we'll hear her thoughts on how to deal with emotional dysregulation. Um. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. We're back with Dr. Jody Carrington, a child psychologist in Olds, Alberta. She was raised on a family farm at Viking and her husband currently farms as well. She spoke at an FCC-sponsored webinar on mental health yesterday. She says it's important that we rec reconnect with others, especially those we are closest to. Reconnection is an important word to me because it is not actually hard to connect to people. It is much harder to reconnect to people. Reconnection means I have a previous relationship with you and I have to stay in connection with you. It's easier for me to be kind to people who I don't have a relationship with or I don't have a history with. But I'm so much more invested in my own personal babies that my capacity to stay regulated is compromised. And so the idea of reconnection is really how are we making a conscious effort to stay connected to the people who we love. I want you to get reconnected to things like your why. What is your purpose? Why do you serve the people you do? What is the reason you are creating this farming company, this farming community? What is your reason for uh, you know, raising your babies where you're raising them? Why are you on this planet? 
in the world of social media and some of the negativity that comes with, the importance of face-to-face connection cannot be underestimated. Physical proximity to each other matters as we walk each other home because what's critical is face-to-face connection. What's critical is looking and seeing each other in this process and this process of acknowledgement. If you think this is different, I mean, think about the square footage of the house that your grandfather was raised in and the square footage of the house that we raise our babies in. If somebody was emotionally dysregulated, burnt out, felt unworthy, got off the bus, had just gotten the shit beat out of them at school, and they came home to the 700 square foot house that you grew up with on the farm, who knew about it? Everybody! Everybody, because there was nowhere to hide. Now, we spend very little time connecting to each other. In fact, we have the option of not even turning our cameras on in a virtual meeting. Dr. Carrington says laughter also helps to limit emotional dysregulation. There's something remarkable that happens in laughter. It releases oxytocin and dopamine. Cortisol decreases. And so in some of the families, uh, you know, who I get to work with, that's part of my question. You know, when is the last time you belly laughed with your babies? When is the last time you danced in your kitchen? I know when I work with the educators, you know, it's the culture that happens in a staff room is really indicative of how burnt out their teachers are because we are wired to do hard stuff. but We were never, ever meant to do this alone. We were never, ever meant to do this without joy. It's reparative and it's imperative that it's a part of the plan. And she says everyone can make a difference. Our whole job here is to not have anybody else do this for us. It is to know how powerful we are just by showing up in our communities, walking each other home, buying somebody a coffee, waving at your neighbor. When I wave at people in this community, it's my job to see how many I can get from my house. My house in here is seven minutes. My kids and I, when I drop them off at school, we count to see how many people can wave at us. She adds this is not an end game, it's a continual process. It is hard to be in relationships, it's hard to parent, it's hard to run a company, and it is so incredibly hard to run a traditional family farm because you're connected to the people you love the most. Dr. Jody Carrington is a child psychologist based in Olds, Alberta. She was the feature speaker yesterday during a webinar hosted by Farm Credit Canada. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early morning trading. Canola rose 410 at 492.07. Oats gained $8 at 201.53. Number one red spring wheat gained 51 cents at $230.15. The rest were unchanged. Durham, 288.44. Feed barley, 209.70. Flax, 671.75. Lentils, 629.50. Yellow peas, 319.39. Feed wheat, 183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures went down one and three quarter cents at 5.50 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM.
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of November 3rd. Our last regular sale was on October 28th. We're starting to see a lot more slaughtered cattle coming to town as everyone is getting them home from the pasture. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.65 cents to $0.75. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.65. Cents. Good Butcher bulls sold from $0.97 cents to $1.07. We had a pre-sorted Angus and Angus Cross calf sale here on Monday. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $2.43 and sold up to $2.55. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.45 and sold up to $2.55. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.25 and sold up to $2.55. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.25. $2.18 and sold up to $2.26. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.07 and sold up to $2.17. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $1.93 and sold up to $2.07. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.87 and sold up to $1.91. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.83 and sold up to $1.87. And 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.74 and sold up to $1.87. Heifers were about 30 to 40 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 430-pound black steers at $2.55 a pound, two and a half loads of 500-pound black steers at $2.26 a pound, two and a half loads of 550-pound black steers at $2.17 a pound, two loads of 600-pound black steers at $2.01 and a half cents a pound, two loads of 650-pound black steers at $1.91 a pound, a load of 700-pound black steers at $1.85 a pound, and a load of 775-pound exotic steers at $1.86 and a half cents a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. The same quote, 169.82 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns and more. Build with confidence, olympic-buildings.ca. U.S. futures have fallen back and oil prices dropped after U.S. President Donald Trump, in an early morning appearance at the White House, made premature claims of victory in several key states. Trump said he would take the election to the Supreme Court, but it was unclear exactly what legal action he might try to pursue. Earlier, Wall Street futures and Asian shares posted gains as investors took an optimistic stance on the still undecided U.S. presidential election. Trump and his Democratic challenger Joe Biden are locked in tight races in a handful of battleground states. The merchandise trade deficit grew from $3.2 billion in August to $3.3 billion in September. Stats Canada reports both exports and imports climbed higher, with both rising 1.5%. Exports of forestry products and building and packaging materials rose 10.4% in September, while imports of energy products rose 28.8% due to an 87.1% rise in crude oil imports. The United States 
has formally left the Paris Agreement, a global pact forged five years ago to avert the threat of catastrophic climate change. The move further isolates America, but has no immediate impact on international efforts to curb global warming. Some 189 countries remain committed to the 2015 Paris Accord, including Canada. On the markets, North American stock markets posted solid gains in late morning trading, even amid the uncertain outcome of the U.S. presidential election, with the results of several key battleground states still to come. In Toronto, the TSX Composite Index was up 121 points at 16,060. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 595 points at 28,075. The Canadian dollar was trading at 76.10 cents U.S. compared to an average of 76.07 cents Tuesday. The December crude oil contract was up 79 cents at 38.45 a barrel, and the December natural gas contract was down 4 cents at U.S. $3.02 per MMBTU. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.